Welcome to episode 24 of the New York Sports Donkeys podcast. It is a big week for the program. We got a lot of stuff going on. The Giants and the Jets are playing. There's a big UFC card, but I think it would only be fair for me to start off the week and disappointingly concede the great donkey derby to Mike over here. Yeah, man, it's about time. I called myself back to 500, uh, finally, and I think I've officially clinched the win. So, obviously, you're the bigger donkey this year, um, maybe in life as well, but uh, <laughs> that's a topic for another time. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I called myself back. I'm 23-23-2. Chris, you're 20-25-3. So, yeah. even if I go 0-3 and you go 3-0, and I got you based on... Uh, Half a game. At less ties, I guess. Yeah, half a game. Yeah, I'm three and a half back with three games to play with one week to go, and I am drawing dead. I got to say, this might be my most disappointing loss since the state championships of wrestling in in high school. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) I felt I was definitely coming in as a favorite there. I was undefeated on the season. I felt like I was coming in as a favorite based on your reputation, and I fucking crapped the bed. And you know what kind of hurts even more? That the loss that eliminated me, despite going 2-1 and one this week, was my homer bet on the Giants. Yep, and yep. I think we could start with our analysis there, because the Giant game this week, it wound up not really meaning anything, because they clinched anyway. When Tampa lost, they backed into the playoffs. But there was some weird line movement. The line, when, when we recorded our podcast, and through most of the week, was the Giants giving 2.5 points to Philly. Yep. And by the time the game went off, there was a four-point line movement on the day. The Giants were actually getting one and a half, which we both thought was kind of weird considering there was no news. There was no – nobody ruled out, no injuries to to speak of. It was just money coming in on Philadelphia. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me at all. We were talking about it at work, and we were like, what is going on? We were checking Twitter. And everyone wants to talk, and we're like, oh, well, we got it. We should just hammer the G-men, right? And I'm just like, I'm not touching the line. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Just had to go with your – I mean, I went with my gut and didn't touch the game because I was like, there's – whenever something like that happens, there's just something fishy going on behind the scenes or we're just not smart enough to figure out what's really going on. I guess maybe the, the sharp money obviously came in because, um, you know, the Giants end up losing, so – And I, I tend not to be a conspiracy theorist, and especially as far as sports go, but – to have that line move four points on the day of the game and then have the Giants get completely jobbed by the refs. There wasn't, I mean, that's not why they lost the game. The refs couldn't have paid, I mean, uh, gamblers couldn't have paid off Eli Manning to throw three egregious picks. Yep. But still, the Giants didn't get a single call that game. The And, and some real BS ones against them, too. Particularly the, um, the roughing the passer call on Olivier Vernon was just appalling that extended yeah, that the drive. Bad. Like he wrapped him up and took him down. Like there was nothing. He didn't. He didn't slam him. There was nothing over the top about the hit. There was nothing late about the hit. It was just a total crap call. Yeah, they need to be able to review those calls. I think they should review the roughing the passers and pass interference. You should get to challenge those like once there, a game. There should be an extra ref in the booth watching every game that can like watching it live on film from all the angles that can buzz down to the refs and be like, "Yo, we need to take a look at this quick." Yeah. Yep. This is and don't even make the guy run into the hood be like, "Yo, this is not right." And just there, there's got to be like I don't know, four or five times a game where a guy can buzz down, like professional ref and 
and change the call. Because that, that's ridiculous. It extended the drive. And then the last play of the game, Sterling Shepard was absolutely mugged. And I think he should have caught it anyway, but to not get the call there was crazy. You see that called all the time. I think Victor Cruz, I want to say, he was on with Joe and Evan on the fan and said that the made a point that the Giants threw. He wasn't trying to blame the rest or anything for the loss, but he was saying the Giants threw 61 passes and didn't have a single pass interference or holding call or anything called against the Philadelphia D-backs. And when they watched it on film, it was obvious that that was not the case. Like So, that, the, so the fix was in? Um, I mean, I'm not saying there was any Donahue stuff up in the air, but... <laughs> Doesn't that look a little fishy to you? I mean, maybe it's just coincidence. I don't know. But a four-point movement on no news the day of the game. And then the I mean, Giants I guess, well, first. Janoris Jenkins was officially ruled out. But I think everyone kind of, that was built into the line. No one. Yeah, everyone, really he was never really expected to play as it was. So it, it's, it's, it's fishy. Um, um, maybe I'm just bitter because I, I, I was on the Giants at two and a half. And then like yep. a donkey that I am, I doubled up my bet at one and a half, getting one and a half. Yep. And I'm a bitter fan, but still, it just it just it looks weird. It seems weird. There's something something off about it. Well, just stick with me and take the Eli interception. Yeah, that, pay, that pays out every week. Yeah, I don't think you've lost on it yet. You should get paid triple for three interceptions. Yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> awesome. dude. Like, cause sometimes, I mean, the last one was just you know whatever, trying to force it with the game basically over. But the first two were terrible, especially the pick six. It's like, what the hell is he doing out there, man? I just hope he got that game out of his... He's had a few of those games yeah. recently, but I'm hoping they're out of his system with playoffs coming up. Now, I haven't heard anything really definitive either way on whether the Giants are going to play their guys this week in what's essentially a meaningless game for them, but means everything. To, it's basically a play-in game for I don't, skins. I, I think they're going to treat it like a preseason game. Maybe the starters play a couple series just to you know, stay loose. And then get them out of there. I think that's what they're going to do because they can't move out of the five seat, correct? No, nah, they're they yeah. are the so five they're stuck. Seat. They're locked into the five. And there's obviously a couple, quite a few scenarios of who they're going to play. But uh, if it was my guess, I'd think maybe they play a quarter. I mean, that's, that's certainly what Vegas seems to think. Yeah, and especially with like Mariota and yeah, Mariota and Carr going down. Like you don't want to be Dunce McAdoo doesn't want to be like the, you know, you just won't hear the end of if your quarterback gets hurt this week. So. Yeah, but you you know Dallas was in the same situation on Monday night versus Detroit, and they played everybody the entire game and put it on Detroit. Yeah, well, so were they you, were they definitely locked into the one? At yeah, that point? they were locked into the one. Yeah, uh, so well, they, had, they had nothing to gain, and they played their team. But I, it's it's tough to say because uh, when the Giants were on that last Super Bowl run, they or I guess this was two Super Bowl runs ago, they played the Patriots in a meaningless game. Uh, for them, they were already locked into the to the certain. I think it was the five seeds as well as a wild card, and played the Pats tough. And it was you know when they were trying to go undefeated, played them right down to the wire, and then were able to carry that momentum into the yeah. playoffs. So it's like I don't know necessarily agree with sitting guys. Like I think if somebody's hurt, if you got a guy that's banged up, like I'm sure they're not going to rush uh, Janoris Jenkins back into the lineup or anybody like that who's banged up. But I, I think you're better off sometimes keeping rhythm and keeping the guys you know playing well and I, I think they not only not necessarily just keep rhythm but Eli's playing like shit right now like get him out there and get him get him straightened out get him on the same page with uh his receivers and with the offense so I don't know I'd like to see them play the guys at least a half but 
who knows? Yeah. So yeah, we, eight points. Giants are getting eight points. It, it's, it's it's so tough to bet this week because it's like and even play like daily fantasy because yeah, it was tough. Yeah, how exactly. the hell do you know? Like Odell might play two series or he might play the whole game, and they're probably not going to tell you beforehand. So I'm going to probably stay away from that game for the most part as far as uh, betting and fantasy goes. And speaking of meaningless games, your Jets are hosting the Rex Ryanless Bills this week at the Meadowlands. Yeah, so I can't believe Buffalo would even wait till the end of the season. You know, give one more week to have the rivalry game, because you know he probably would win that game if uh, if he was coaching, right? To get yeah. his career Buffalo record to five hundred. Yeah, so they I think... just can't, they just canned him and his brother, which is kind of sad. But uh, hopefully Rex goes to TV because he'll be fantastic there. But uh, yeah, I don't. The Jets are they're playing Fitzpatrick. I really do not get it. Obviously, this just means Hackenberg is a piece of shit quarterback, and clearly not the the future. So that was just a wasted uh, second round pick. I just read Pro Football Focus like the ranking of the uh, first rounders and like. Darren Lee got one of the worst grades. I said essentially he's like terrible, playing out of position, and just looks like he's a he's a another like Vernon Golson like workout warrior really fast, but just has no kind of instincts. Which I don't think I necessarily see that when I'm watching the guy, but I think he absolutely has to move the outside linebacker. He's not for the inside, not big enough. Um, I don't know what they're doing, man. The only the only reason even worth watching this game is if they put Hackenberg in, and that's not even going to happen. Maybe. I don't know. It's so stupid. I, I really don't understand what they're doing at this point. And really, what is the point of running of running Fitzpatrick out there this week? Like, if you if you're not going to put Hackenberg in now, that is just a terrible reflection on what you think of him. Because yeah. there's literally nothing to be gained from pl- playing Fitzpatrick. At worst case, you lose the game and you get maybe some better draft positioning. So you might as well at least give this guy some reps and some exposure to, to like, real-time NFL defenses. Like, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I don't he, know what they're doing. He was drafted two rounds ahead of Dak, who's gonna, <laughs> who's so, quarterbacking the best uh, record of a team in the NFL. Yeah. And this guy can't even be put out there for one week against a non-playoff team. It's like... And if they think Bryce Petty was decent enough to put out there, and that guy looked like complete dog shit, how bad must Hackenberg be? Like, the only thing I can think of is, all right, so you have in your head that he's bad. Yeah. Then if you play him, and then he actually is absolutely even worse than what you think in your head, then it makes the GM look even that stupider, and he's trying to save his job. So maybe that's the only angle I can kind of see here of what's going on here. Like, yeah, you think he's maybe a 4 out of 10, but in reality he's like a 1 out of 10. So McCagnan's still saving that, you know, good old three point buffer there. That's the only yeah. thing I think of. There's, There's really the only reason. Or he's just or like the coaches hate him, like he banged Bulls' wife or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no logical – the only explanation for not putting him out there, like you said, is Hackenberg's af, uh, afraid that he's – I mean, uh, McCagnin's afraid that he's going to look so bad that it might cost him his job. But, like, there's no good – there's nothing – there's no good reason for the Jet fan to to not have Hackenberg out there because either, either he really sucks or he really, really sucks and just trying to, you know, protect him from embarrassing himself. If, if, they, if they were seeing anything out of this guy – he would be starting this week. It's pretty disturbing if you're a Jet fan. Yep, yeah, typical. Another wasted season. I was just we were talking about it at work. But it really sucks when your team like the last seven games of the year just absolutely nothing mattered. Like 
I don't know. It just comes down. Good. Thank God for sports betting and fantasy football, you know, or else I would just have nothing. I actually just canceled my cable today because I'm like, you know, there's really nothing to watch. I mean, I guess the <laughs> Knicks, but I don't even, I don't even care. You're I'm just cut- so, I'm just so bitter, so bummed out about the Jets. You're cutting the cord. Huh? Yep. I, I just was literally at Time Warner Cable before this, returning my cable box. Wow. Big, a big f you to the Jets franchise. Well, I mean, so. in like four months, you got Met. Not even four months, you got Met games started. You're gonna have to bring it back for that. Was it really worth yeah. like the four hundred bucks you get to save over the next four months to fucking uh, cut your cable for? I don't know. I'll find some other way to watch the Mets, maybe. Uh, we'll, Just go we'll out to the out. bar. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so yeah, kind of meaningless games for the Jets and Giants this week, even though it is a big game for Washington. We'll see if the Giants actually show up and play their players. I, I hope they do. I'd like to see them think... go into the playoffs with a little momentum. So let's take a quick break, and then we will come back, make our football picks for the week, and we will break down this UFC card that's coming up on Friday. guess we should make the picks anyway even though i'm drawing dead you know might as well give the people a few plays to fade or follow depending on what they think of our handicapping skills so why don't you start it off for a difficult week 17 yeah so my logic here was just kind of kind of try to find games that have meaning and because you know there's just so much uncertainty of who's going to play who's not so I, don't know, I guess that was my theme for the week, um, and also obviously want to go over 500 for the year. I'm sitting exactly at 500, so it's a big week nonetheless for me. So my first pick, uh, I am taking Green Bay minus three at Detroit. Aaron Rodgers looks amazing right now. Detroit's really everything I've read. They're kind of just smoke and mirrors. I don't, you know, a bunch of their wins. Like I said, I believe the other weeks um, when I bet against Detroit. Um, which actually I think Detroit ended up winning that game. But anyway, um, yeah, Detroit's winning all these close games. They're definitely not as good of a team as their record indicate. I know that's like the against the old Bill Parcells mantra, your record is what it is, or you are what your record is, whatever it is. But uh, So I'm sticking with Green Bay. Um, I think they have something to play for, right? They can move. Well, obviously they want to get the home field advantage and not be the sixth team. Six yeah, seed, right? Green Bay wins the division with a win. Yeah. I think they could still get in as a wild card, but it's yeah. iffy. They're not guaranteed to get in if they lose. I'm, I'm so the winner sure, of this sure gets they the do. division. Yep, so, so Green Bay minus three. Um, they're obviously the better team. I think that line should be probably six. They give it way too much respect to Detroit. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one, I'm taking under 40 in the Houston-Tennessee matchup. Um, it's going to be two, I believe, dog shit quarterbacks. It's probably the best way to call them. Um, I don't know. They just there's really no other reason. I could have really found another line. I'm like, are these two teams gonna put up 40 points? Who is it? Tom Savage and is it Clipboard Jesus? That's quarterback of the Titans. No, not even. It might be worse. It's Matt Castle. 
Okay, yeah. So there you go. That's not forty points is not happening. Um, so there you go, under forty. And my last pick. As much as I shit on the Jets here, I'm gonna take the Jets plus three and a half versus oh, Buffalo. Man. EJ Manuel is just that bad. He's that bad. The rep, their head coach is gone. Knowing the Jets, they're gonna win this game to move up instead of getting like the fourth pick. They're gonna get like the eighth pick now and just get a shitty player again. So. This is a typical game that the Jets win. EJ Manuel is awful. Uh, Fitzpatrick looks like he's going to maybe play the whole game. So you're getting points. Jets plus three and a half. Why not? All right. That is not a pick you'd be making if I was still live in the contest. There was, there <laughs> yeah, was exactly. no way you'd exactly. have, ever have any actual equity on the line against the Jets this week. But I agree with you on one pick. I am going under 40 as well in the Houston at Tennessee game. Like you said, Tom Savage versus Matt Castle is no Montana versus Aikman by any standards. Um, neither team needs the game. The Texas, uh, the Texans are locked into the four seed. And I think both teams here who are suffering a decent amount of injuries are going to rest people. They're going to be content to hand the ball off this game. I think any team here involved in this contest will be content to just get through it without any further injuries happening. So I think it's going to be a lot of handoffs and like a boring 17-10 game that nobody gives a crap about or watches. So I think under 40 is a nice play there. For my second pick, I'm going to go out to San Diego for possibly the last time in an NFL game as they might be moving the hell out of that city. And I am going to lay the five and a half points with the visiting Chiefs. KC needs this game. They're still alive for the two seed. And San Diego just lost to the Browns. So why is this line only five and a half points? I just think that's not nearly enough for a KC team that's playing as well as anybody in the in the AFC. Since uh, Ty Freak Hill has turned into this unstoppable force they've been really dangerous and san diego's a lame duck coach they've got rivers who has been sneakily bad the past few weeks and casey really needs the game they could they could lock up a two seed with a a a win and a loss by the matt mcgloin led raiders so i love casey here minus five and a half and for my final pick I'm going to stay in California, but go up the coast to San Fran and lay the nine and a half points with the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle also is still alive for the two seed and a bye if they win and Atlanta loses. And San Fran has been a joke all season. Chip Kelly looks like he's just disinterested on the sideline. Um, Seattle hasn't been playing great, but the fact that they need this game, the fact that San Fran has nothing to gain by winning, I just think that Russ Wilson, Doug Baldwin are playing great together right now. I don't see this terrible San Fran team keeping it close against a Seattle team that desperately needs the game. So I'm going to lay the nine and a half there. So my picks to recap are KC minus five and a half at San Diego, under 40, on the same side as Dove in the Houston Texans game, and Seattle minus nine and a half at San Fran. So, you want to break down this UFC card a little bit? We got the return of the great Ronda Rousey this week after a year layoff. What do you What do you think about that one? 
Well, what is she? I think she's a slight favorite. I think she's minus, what, 140, I believe? I got um, it at 135 on the last yeah. time I looked, and Nunez is only plus 105, the reigning okay. champ. Yeah, so it's just it's just so hard to predict what's going to happen here. Rousey, I mean, she looks like she's in shape. I was watching, I mean, I saw the promo. They showed her for like 30 seconds on it. She's not doing any interviews. So you're not really sure where her head's at. I did find something very peculiar. When she was speaking, it sounded like her voice was like a lot different. Like and her like her something with her jaw. Like I think there might really be an issue. Like her jaw is like fucked up. Maybe that's why she took so much time off from getting like, that head kick. Yeah, like her speech sounded sounded different to me. Maybe that it was just the sound quality of coming from my laptop or whatever. But that's an interesting take. I'm gonna have to listen. For and maybe that. that's why she didn't want to do any of the, any of these uh, these um, interviews and whatnot. Something's wrong with her voice. So I'm thinking something's wrong with that jaw. So. Nunez can target that jaw. She's got obviously probably the best hands in uh, the division. Not leg kicks, obviously Holly Holm. But if I were to take to take it, I, I mean, if you're looking at this objectively, you you would probably have to take Nunez, right? I mean, she looked absolutely dismantled. Misha Tate. Misha Tate has hung in there with Rousey, although Misha Tate might have been pregnant and might have just had a boob job, so <laughs> might have to throw that throw that fight away. But uh. Nunez is a beast, man. I mean, she's uh, she's kind of like cyborg, just not as juiced up. So if I'm probably not gonna really bet on the fight, I'll just you know probably watch it on some bootleg Russian website. But uh, if I were, I would probably take Nunez. But I do like the um, the other fight I like a lot is obviously Dom Cruz over uh, Cody. How do you say his last name? Cody Garbrand. No Love Garband. Yeah, I I, I, don't know. I cannot stand this guy. Anyone that's that has is head to toe with tats. I just can't can never bet on you. So I think Dom Dom Cruz is minus two hundred. Uh, this guy Cody's a knockout artist, but Cruz never even gets touched. So I think he's gonna get Garbrand's gonna get choked out. The guy has tattooed on like eyeshadow. He has eyeshadow that's tattooed on himself. So how could you really ever bet on a guy like that? It just looks he's just not my type of guy. Cruz is Cruz is dedicated, freaking running on the treadmill on Christmas. And uh, yeah, I think the Dominator beats him easily. I think I think he probably will choke him out. Um, that was my pick. So, so so Dom Cruz has tattoos, but not too many to turn off Dub. So yeah, I mean he has one. I think he has one terrible tattoo, and I have one terrible tattoo. So you know, Cody Garbrandt has about his head to toe. He just looks like such a tool belt, tool belt man. He's, and I can tell you that Cruz is in his head. All these interviews, he just like. You could just tell that Cruz is totally in his head. So this is going to be the guy's first main event. Well, not main event, but huge, you know, fight for him. I think he's just going to be out of his element. Cruz is a veteran. He's been in this these types of fights probably, you know, for so many times in his life. So I don't even think it's a contest. This is easy money. This might be uh, – we're going to probably put a decent chunk of chain on Cruz there. So we'll see. Maybe – I mean, he could very well get knocked out, but I don't even think he gets touched, man. This see? is an easy fight. I, I, I love this fight, and I'm a big fan of Garbrand. I, he's just impressed the hell out of me every time I've watched him. I think I've watched him knock like three guys in a row out in impressive, impressive fashion. He's aggressive. He's accurate with the striking, and I think he has a lot more power than Cruz. But like you said, it, Cruz is really hard to hit. He's kind of got that like Mayweather style of like he doesn't have a ton of power. He's not going to knock you out. But his footwork is some of the best in the sport, and he's really tough to hit. So it's a tough one to call. Like, I don't know if I'm going to bet it. If 
if the line got high enough right now, I think Cody's plus 165. I might try to take a stab on the underdog. Yeah. But it, it is a tough one. I think if you, you – you were talking about laying the price with Cruz. I think it's a better bet to – you can bet over on the rounds for minus 215 as opposed to – I think it's over two and a half rounds as opposed to – um, laying the price of 200 with Cruz. That way, oh, really? you, you could win on it. You're, you're, you're paying a little more, like a fraction more, but you could also win your bet on a Cruz, on a, I mean, on a Garbrand decision. Like, I don't see... I can't find a scenario where Cruz knocks Garbrand out. I think... I think Cruz, the most likely outcome for this fight is Cruz wins a tough decision. And if Garbrand wins it, he's going to win by knockout. So I right. think if you, if you like Cruz, you bet the over for a little bit more, and, and it gives you the out of a Garbrand decision. Because, you know, in fight sports, judging is suspect. Like, you never yeah. know what, what the hell's going to happen, how judges are going to see a fight. And I think a real similar fight is uh, one of the other 135-pound bouts, which is basically a number one contender fight on this card. Lineker, the Brazilian kid, John Lineker, is facing TJ Dillashaw, who lost the bout to Cruz in a razor-close split decision. And this dude, Lineker, I don't think he's as, as crisp technically as Garbrand, and he's certainly not as crisp technically as Cruz or Dillashaw, but this dude has power in his hands. Like, he just throws haymakers and rocks people. So... If he can connect, I think it's it's kind of a similar a similar scenario where Dillashaw, like Cruz, is really is really technical, great footwork, tough to hit. But if I think Lineker, if he if he gets a hold of him, can knock him the f out. Like this dude has, I, I think he's got the best power in the division. And at plus one ninety, I think it might be worth a little a little bit of a play there. So I think. If any, I, I don't have a I don't have a definite play that I feel great about yet, but I kind of yeah. like the underdogs. I know you're all over Cruz. I kind of yeah. like the underdogs, Cody and, and Lineker. I think one of these guys connects, and I think the Rousey thing's just interesting. You don't it's it's hard to bet because you don't know where her head's at. Like she kind of comes off as a bit of a head case, but I mean Nunez is never Nunez is uh has never been in 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 the ring with anybody like Rousey. I mean, when Rousey was fighting and just murking everybody, she was like coming in as like a 12 to one underdog. So now you're getting her at minus 135 because she got head kicked once. I don't know. I'm I'm going to be watching it. So maybe I'll throw throw like 20 bucks or something on Rousey just because I'm a degenerate <clears throat> and want yeah, the action. The, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do like a little gentleman's bet for some beers. The, the other thing I'm interested to see, I want to see what Johnny Hendricks looks like at the weigh-in. Because yeah. if he look if he looks awful, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna bet on Neil Magny. So that's one of the ones you gotta watch out for the uh, watch for the way. And if Hendricks looks good, if he doesn't look like he's totally, you know, like a dead man walking, getting up to the scale, then maybe you take him. But uh, if he does look terrible, I think you fade him and you take Magny because Magny's a game fighter and Hendricks hasn't had a good performance in I think you know a couple of fights so. Yeah, I agree. That's another one I was looking at, and we we have gone over this before. You gotta watch the way in. You got yeah, you, you see absolutely what dudes you look absolutely like. have to. Like that would have I would have never bet Chris Weidman, uh, the other the glass if I would have saw him what he looked like with his shirt off. I mean, at least at least try to find a picture of the guy with his shirt off. I know that sounds a little creepy, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I I made money in the last card because I 
because of how bad Pettis looked at the weigh-ins. He missed weight by like a pound and a half. He said his body was just shutting down, and he just literally could not could not function anymore. He could not get those last two and a half point pounds off without passing out. So I'm like, you know what? I was kind of leaning, kind of leaning towards Holloway anyway. So I laid what was a pretty big price. I think it was like 270 or something. And I felt good about it because I'm like, dude, this kid is drained. He can't make the weight. He looks like a goddamn corpse on the scale. So definitely worth looking into. Um, Ronda this week, some really one good football game, Green Bay and Detroit, basically a playoff game for a division title. So enjoy the fights and the football. And oh, one more thing before we go. We really should start giving out our Twitter and our email here so you guys could follow us hit us up with any questions at twitter at ny sports donkeys on twitter and ny sports donkeys at gmail.com is the email you could hit us up with any questions comments tell me i'm a terrible handicapper taunt dove for any numerous amounts of reasons but i do have to buy this prick a night of drinking on the upper east side yep let's go baby new year's eve let's do it you know what i was thinking and i'm, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't do it we the loser of this bet should have had to wear a donkey mask the entire night out with the drink <laughs> <laughs> well we could we want to go double or nothing for this weekend is it bets <laughs> No, I'm not, <laughs> okay. no. Next, next year, next year on the All podcast, right. the the loser, the loser of the the handicapping competition has to has to wear a donkey mask for the entire night out of drinking. drinking I like that. I like drink that your one. drink your vodka sodas through a straw in a donkey mask. <laughs> so, yeah. And if anybody wants to come out on that night of drinking, we will let you know when it is, and uh, I'll buy you a shot for listening to us talk all this nonsense once a week. All right, enjoy the the football and the and the fights yep. and we'll see you next week. See ya. Yeah.